Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 449th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast, Ghost Tours for the Theater of the Mind. I'm your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this episode, we're going to be featuring our investigation that we did at the Hogestown Church in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Excellent. We had some stuff going on there. Yes, we did. We first heard about this from my buddy Sarge, who heads up Ghost Ops Paranormal. And he had told us about this in the paranormal conversation we had with him. And we were like, hmm, we'd like to check that out. So we specifically made sure that we veered into Harrisburg on our road trip. Before we get into sharing all of the evidence and the history of this place with you guys, we want to welcome into the spectacular crew, Allison with two L's, Francisco, Hannah, Georgie with an I-E, Jeanette, Patsy, and Chris with a C-H. Thank you for joining us in our Facebook group. And now this moment, Naughty. Back in April of 1862, one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War took place in Tennessee. Approximately 25,000 Union and Confederate soldiers lost their lives. Those who were injured soon encountered a strange experience. They weren't hallucinating. The injured began to see their wounds glowing at night. A bluish-greenish glow. Not super bright, but visible nonetheless. A number of those injured soldiers who glowed tended to recover more rapidly than those who did not have glowing wounds. This is why the phenomenon was dubbed Angel's Glow. This legend was passed down through the times between friends and family alike, and it literally was just that, a legend, until the early 2000s. There was a teen who was an avid Civil War enthusiast traveling to reenactments and the like. It is said that this boy learned about the Angel's Glow from a reenactor in Virginia. This teen had parents who were scientists, so he was able to delve into the world of investigating bacteria and glowing wounds. It was quickly determined that a bacteria was indeed the cause of the glow. There were particular environmental necessities for this glow to occur. There was a need for cold temperatures, moist ground, and the nematodes that carried the bacteria liked plants, but specifically peach trees, which is where this battle happened. This bacteria was called Photorhabdus luminescence. It's believed that this bacteria could also produce an antibiotic effect. While seeing wounds glow with bioluminescence is strange enough, having a glow actually increase healing and survival chances certainly is odd.
Are you afraid of the dark? That's just silly. What you should be afraid of is the thing that watches you sleep. <laughs> and now, this month in history. month of August on the 16th in 1920, the Cleveland Indian shortstop Ray Chappie Chapman becomes the only baseball player to die as the direct result of being hit by a pitch. Baseball players wearing batting helmets has been around for so many decades. It might surprise some people to find out that they were only required starting in 1971. Baseball was much more dangerous in 1920. Helmets weren't worn, and pitchers could pretty much do whatever they wanted to with balls, from rubbing dirt and spit all over them, cutting into the ball, and pretty much anything to affect the pitch's path. Chappie was a good batter and specialized in bunting and stealing bases. New York Yankee Carl Mays was pitching, and he was known for beaning batters. His pitch hit Chappie so hard in the head that people thought the ball had hit the bat. Chappie collapsed as he ran to first base, and he was helped from the field. He collapsed again in the dugout and was taken to the hospital with blood running from his ear. Chappie told people, tell Mays not to worry, before he lost consciousness, never to regain it. He died the following morning on the 16th. Some fans called for Mays to be banned, but he was not, and he was never prosecuted either. He took 10 days off after the incident and said later that this was, quote, the most regrettable incident of my baseball career. I would give anything if I could undo what has happened. Chapman was a game, splendid fellow. Spitballs were banned starting the following season, but helmets would take decades to become commonplace in Major League Parks. Hoagstown was a town settled in 1730 by a man named John Hoag, and that's where it gets its name. Its first name was Sporting Green, and today is part of Mechanicsburg in Pennsylvania. We ventured to this small historic settlement to investigate the Hogstown Church with an old friend of Diane's, Robert Brandt, a.k.a. Sarge, who is vice president of the Cumberland County Historical Society. There definitely seems to be some unexplained activity going on at the church. Join us as we explore the history and investigate the haunting of the Hogstown Church. This location, Kelly, intrigued us because we'd been told that the family that had transformed this church into their residence had left abruptly, leaving all their belongings behind. You hear a story like that and you're like, something has to be going on here. Yeah, that's not the norm, most certainly. I mean, something had scared them out of the place. And the other reason why this is intriguing is we're talking about a church. And it was mostly a church for most of the time that it's existed. So it's like, how in the world is a church so haunted that people decided, I can't live here anymore, and just gave it back to the city. Yeah, you don't exactly hear that often. And so scared that they left all their belongings behind? I mean, that's pretty big, because most people are not going to leave their stuff behind. We interviewed Sarge for a paranormal conversation a couple months ago. I think it was paranormal conversation number five. And during that, he shared some of the experiences his team, Ghost Ops Paranormal, has had on several of their investigations of this historic church. And we want to share with you guys a little bit of that audio here. 
every single time we go there, it's just crazy stuff every single time. There's this old lady that's there. Um, when we first went in, we kept smelling this lavender perfume. And nobody was wearing perfume. It was all dudes, all right? So nobody was wearing lavender perfume. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody was, uh, uh, you know, joking with me and saying, Sarge, you got lavender perfume on? I said, no, I don't have lavender perfume on. It's my body wash. I <laughs> <laughs> smelled it. And it was just so thick. And, I mean, it was just like somebody was standing right beside you. You could smell it. And then this lady came over the um, uh, spirit box and said, my name is Maude. How are you? And so the night went on, night went on, and JR kind of meandered back into the back, one of the back rooms where they have all the historical articles and, and the setup, and they found an article written about a curator that used to curate, uh, used to take care of the church. Her name was Maud, and she wore lavender perfume. That was her trademark perfume. So every time we go in there now, Maud loves me. She talks to me every time we go in there. We were down in the basement. Some told us Christy was remote uh remote viewing with us and she's like go down into the basement and we're like okay well the basement's like cut out basement you've seen the picture of it so I, you know i'm six foot four so i barely fit in there i was so tall so i'm hitting my head on the rafters and jr six foot so he barely fit in there so both of us are down in there and then he started getting ramped up and feeling angry and, and frustrated i mean you heard me say uh on that one one video just take a deep breath and, and try to relax and uh, there's something not right down in that basement going on. And I think now, to, now that I've been revealing a, a lot more of my evidence, sorry about that, that's my cats. Um, now that I've been revealing more of that evidence, I've been seeing that a lot of the bad stuff that has been happening in that church, every time we go down in the basement, something happens. So I've been uh, you know, going back and reviewing some of that old evidence of that to try to make sense of it. But whatever's in that basement is not right. And you can feel it. The people who used to live in it, live in it just up and left because it was so crazy haunted. They didn't want to take none of their stuff with them. They donated wow. it to the, to the historical society and said, we're out of here. We don't want to rent this place anymore. And nobody has lived in there since. And I could see why. But down the road, when it was a residential place, down the road, a couple of houses down, there was a bar and there was a shooting there. And there was a gentleman that died and walked up to the church and died at the church on the footsteps or around that area, I believe. And um, whether it has something to do with that, I don't know. There was a female and one of the females and the male were down in the basement and they were doing a spirit box session. Well, um, they kept talking to this one entity down there and the entity kept coming over the spirit box. And they thought it was a little boy named Zach. And the little boy named Zach wanted to play on the spirit box. You can hear it on one of the videos. He said, there's devices upstairs you can play with. Go play with one of the devices. And that was like 10 minutes prior to this happening. Um, so we're all sitting outside and they're in the basement. They're, they're the only two in the house. And we're sitting there looking at the, uh, you know, at the base camp. And next thing you know, we see this big bright flash light. And this, I can't explain it other than it just, it looks like an energy weapon to me. And, you know, it, the way it appears, it's like zap, looked like something out of Star Trek. Came down, hit our REM pod and, when you set the REM pod off, it only supposed to go off for two to three seconds. It went off for a solid seven seconds, and which means that energy was constant. And of course, we ran in, took readings, the whole nine yards, didn't get anything, nothing on any of our readings, no high EMF. Um, the one thing, though, we did notice there was a lot of high static electricity, and it's, and it's odd because that place isn't, there's nobody living in there, so it's really damp. And you know, in a damp environment, Static electricity is not prevalent, but it was there. I sat out in the hallway 
and the REM pod was going off in front of me. And I was probably about seven, eight feet away from it. And we had a little, one of those little motion balls um, in, in the, in the hallway. And we had another REM pod in the hallway on the other side of me. Both of them were going off. Like something was walking back and forth. And every once in a while, I feel like a brush of cold air and whether it was a spirit or whether it was a draft, I don't know. But um, I try to, like I said, I try to look at it from a scientific perspective first. But what it was ever it was in there was walking up and down that hallway. I heard footsteps. You heard the footsteps on the video. Um, I was doing a Facebook Live during the time. You heard the footsteps on the Facebook video. And I was like, look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting down. There's nobody in here but me. <laughs> you know, and we're scanning around and everybody's going, oh, my God, I can hear him. I can hear him. It's just plain as day. Somebody walking up and down the, uh, walking up and down the, the hallway there. And the REM pods were going off. And this is the audio from the spirit box where it actually says his name. Who's down here? Did I say Sarge? That's what it sounded like. That's why I looked at you. And what's interesting about that happening is, uh, well, it happened while we were there, too. <laughs> it sure did. That name and, well, somebody else's name, too. Could it be our ghost host? <laughs> <laughs> student came up once for me and three times for Sarge. So I don't know why they were trying to talk to me unless, I mean, a student could be a student. This is true. But the first time it came through was during our spirit box session. And when Sarge goes and investigates, he does a walkthrough and introduces himself, has a conversation before everybody goes in to investigate. I watched the video back. He never mentioned your last name. Yeah. So that is kind of unnerving because it's like, how do they know what my last name is? Because you and I always introduce ourselves too, but we never say our last names. Nope. I don't know how they knew that. So we arrived on the evening of August 5th after having dinner in Harrisburg and meeting our first Pittsburgh salad. Yeah. The thing that is so great about going <laughs> on road trips to places you've never been, Kelly, is the experiences that you have for the first time. So we just go into this little knockabout place that was literally right down the road from our Roach Motel, which was literally a Roach Motel. <laughs> oh my it God. is the worst hotel I've ever stayed in in my life. It was horrific. It was cheap, but I don't know if it was worth it. It was of, over $100. <laughs> so it was. It wasn't that cheap for one night. <laughs> and we didn't charge them for our extermination services. Stuff. Yeah, our services. Because <laughs> we I had think, to have killed like 20 of the damn things. I think we killed a number of 23. If I remember correctly. Oh, my God. So let me just say, don't stay anywhere near downtown Harrisburg, near the historic bridge that they have there. Well, the other places might be perfectly fine. Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, we go down the road to this place. I can't remember what the name of it was. And it was one of those places where you walk in and the bar's like right there. And then the dining room's off to the side and everybody kind of looks at you and you're not from around here, are you? You're not from around here, are you? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely we were the outsiders. I mean, they were very nice. Yes. But yeah, everybody knows everybody else and we weren't part of the group. <laughs> but the way you could tell we definitely weren't from around there is I thought, you know, I have to be careful with what I eat. My gallbladder is a little bit tricky sometimes. So I was like, I'm just going to have a grilled chicken salad. I mean, it's a grilled chicken salad. What What could possibly be different about it. It didn't right. have a description, but I figured lettuce with grilled chicken on top. Yeah. And, and maybe some oil and vinegar. Some vegetables thrown in on it. Because she was like, what would you like with your salad for dressing? And I always usually get oil and vinegar. And it comes out and it has French fries all over the top of it. 
people that I am very good about covering up like any facial whatever. I just act like everything's normal. The the building could be on fire and I would just be sitting there going, okay, there is a fire happening. We should probably <laughs> exit now. Even though inside I'm going, holy hell, we're going to die. <laughs> You're very level headed. So she sets the salad down in front of me and I'm thinking, what the bleep is this? <laughs> Did they accidentally dump some on as they were walking the plates out? I thought for sure this has got to be an accident. I didn't say anything. I was just like, okay, she's acting like it's perfectly normal. And then she asked if I want ketchup for my fries. (laughs) And I was like, nope, they're supposed to be on there. Yeah, that was so odd. And we all kind of looked at each other and Jared whips out his phone and Googles it and finds out that, yep, they are supposed to be on there. Well, and even my Caesar salad was unique. Because it had tons of shredded carrots all over it. And I've never had shredded carrots in a Caesar salad before. No, as they were bringing the salads out, they were all heaped up with shredded carrots. And yeah. I've never seen that many shredded carrots on salads before. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a little different. But it was good. I, I mean, just hadn't experienced it. It, it kind of defeats the purpose of having French fries on a salad. I mean, I love French fries. I'm just not supposed to eat a lot of them. So I, you know, pushed them off to the side and ate my salad and everything. But yeah, we're like, okay, so that's a Pittsburgh salad. So I posted it on uh, Facebook. And sure enough, people who from around the area go, oh, yeah, they put French fries on everything. They put them on your sandwiches, too. It was so amusing. <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, we've been initiated into the Pittsburgh way of doing things, I guess you could say. So after about five minutes of talking about this salad, let me go on. it was just such a unique experience all right so we get there and sarge and his team are setting up the equipment and cameras and we went inside the church and met mary who is the president of the cumberland county historical society she shared with us the history of hogstown and let me just give you a little forewarning on the audio here the only air conditioning they have is an air conditioner that's stuck in the window that's right there with us that's the sound that you're going to hear in the background too so i apologize it's not the best audio this is Barry, this is Diane, nice Kelly, Jared, and that's Jessica. Hi, Kelly. Hi. I'm Jared. All right, I'll let you guys do your thing. Okay, go. All right. So you uh, head up the Historical Society? Or... I'm the president. President. Nice. President of everything. <laughs> that's cool. Does that count? Yeah. So you guys take care of a lot of the historical buildings that are here in this? Uh, is this considered, I mean, most now, was it... Where does that name come from since this is... Okay, so the Hoagstown name comes from the Hoags, H-O-G-E. And they came here in 1730. Johnson Hoag was the father of the members of that lived around here. He died in 1750s, 54 and all that stuff. Um, He had a son named David Hoag, who founded Washington County out in Pittsburgh. Jonathan Hogue was a revolution um, member of the Constitution. David Hogue's actually, his house is actually over that way. It's not even half a mile from here. And it's still present. Yes. Um, half the house is a log structure and the other half is stone. So the original one on the log structure is dating back to the 1730s and then the stone section about 1760s to 80s. Yes, and there was a fire in there, and it's a long story short, but the gentleman who lived there back in the 60s is named Bud, and he was the historian for the township and all that stuff, and he had so much history on Hoagstown because he lived so close, right? So Hoagstown was named after John Hoag, the father, 
he came from um, Chambersburg, came out of Cha uh, Philadelphia. They were moving all over before they came into this area. Before that, 1730s, Cumberland County was not an open area to go in yet. There's still Indians in this area and all that stuff. There was Indians in this area until 1760s, actually. And there's a lot of documentation on that stuff. But he moved in here after the Burlington license came in. And that opens access for land. And they receive over 500 acres, which you probably drove by at the Walmart down the street. That was part of this whole situation. Um, and then over the years, each child got a part of the land and all that stuff. Um, David Ho got this section here, and then Jonathan Ho got that section down that way. And then the rest got certain sections. Um, there was another Jonathan Ho, Reverend John, Jonathan Ho, which is a son of John Ho. He was the first reverend down in uh, Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. There's a lot of history. Yeah. A lot. So anyway, so the hoax settled in this area, and then they just spread. So I'll give you an example. When you came up to Carlisle Pike, on the left-hand side, there is a stone building there. That is its first tavern in the, in the village, and that is 1790. And that was done by David Hoag's son, who is named after Jonathan Hoag. I like to call him Junior. Okay. Um, it was the first tavern. This is also called the Great Road. This is where George Washington passed up through here to come to Carlisle. Wow. Good information, right? Yeah. So if you ever look into the Carlisle history, Carlisle had the riot act that happened back in the 1790s um, due to the fact it's the revolution and the, the taxes on, you know, drinking beer. They weren't happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you haven't been paying taxes on alcohol and all of a sudden you're like, what the hell? Yeah. So people got a little upset. Sure. So, um, so the first building down there is the Hogue Tavern. Um, that's still standing, what you're seeing. And then after that period of time, about 1813, this is where all the forming of the village came into. Okay. We were almost the last section. This section here over here was just fields and all that stuff. Um, we're, we're created about 1857, we're built 1858, August, actually next year is 165 years, celebration next year in August. <laughs> Church history, um, like I said, we've been here since August of 1858. Um, we were created by three gentlemen in the area um, that choose to have a church in this area. Got to remember. There was no cars at all. It was horse and buggy. You know how hard it is to drive a horse and buggy in snow? Oh, I don't know, but I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> so you gotta realize like snow could be a couple inches. If you ever had snow and lived in this area, we could have a couple feet. And we've had the biggest one a couple years ago where we had almost four feet in this area. So it's a pain in the butt. So they decided, you know, since there's, you know, the local church, it's called Silver Springs Presbyterian Church, which is five miles away from here. And it's down there off of Silver Springs Road, off the of Carlisle Pike. Um, that was the closest Presbyterian church in this area. It's a long walk. Yeah. Some walked, some drove, some was on horses. So 
So they decided, you know, let's put one in this area. That's what they did. They built the church. They funded it and all that stuff. I do not know the price of the building. Um, there's no records on that one. Um, uh, let's see. And then the rest of the village was born. And then the schoolhouse, if you can look out that window, at the end of that hole on the right-hand side, there is a building up there. It's like a creamy, little creamy cutter. That was actually the school. It was actually a two-story school, and then a hurricane came in the 1950s and destroyed the second half of that, so they wow. took it down. We've had shops, we've had stores, we've had you name it, blacksmiths, all that stuff. So we have a lot of history in the village. We've had murders in this village, by the way, several of them, because we had taverns. We actually had three taverns in the area that had alcohol. A little crazy, start fighting. Yep, and it happens. Civil War did come through this area. It did stop in this area. Okay. Um, so, let's see what else. Back to the church. Got a coronation to come in and all that stuff. Our name is actually not Hookstown Presbyterian Church, but everybody calls us that. Okay. Or AKA Hookstown Church. Our name is Worshipping Presbyterians at Hookstown. That is our original name. Nobody uses it. It's too long. Just shortened up. Sure. And that's what they did. So over the years, that's that's what they did. They just called Hokestown Presbyterian Church or the Hokestown Church. In this church, we've also had, it is a, aka, as I like to say, a community area where farmers came and learned. It's called the Farmers Institute. Most people don't know what I'm talking about. It was a school for farmers in the rural area. you got to remember, this whole area was not rural. We're seeing this, all this commercialized buildings right now. That was not like that. When I was growing up in this area, that was not like that. Over the 40 years I've lived here, it has immensely grown big. So the Farmers Institute came into this church, uh, started teaching all the farmers in the area how to perform better at their stock, which is stock as animals, how to get them better, how to produce better meat for the you know people and all that stuff. Seeds, your corn, how to get better seeds out of that whole situation. That went for over 30 years. And in that process, if you don't know this, there was a gentleman named Vince McCormick. He's very popular in the Harrisburg area. He was the mayor of Harrisburg. He was also popular in this area because his family farm sits behind Hookstown. And that house is still there too. And he wanted to have a show. And this is where this came out of this whole situation. Uh, at the Farmers Institute one day, he said, let's have a show. And that's what he did. That show went on for 20 years. Out of that, uh, AKA became the local establishment of the state fair, as I like to say. I'm not going to say names out loud, but it's in Harrisburg. It has a big building in Harrisburg. We're just not going to say that. And all those ideas from this show actually went and spread into other fairs, other shows, and all that stuff. And in that process, we still had church service, Sunday school here at this building, too. This building lasted until 95 for this, the church service and the Sunday school. And in 95, there were seven members left. And out of those seven members, issues came about in those maybe 10 years before that. There was no water in this building. 
there was no sewer in this building. There was limited electricity in this building. And at that time, the sewers coming up the Carlisle Pike, guess what they wanted to do? They wanted to add it into this building. It was too much to cost. So they decided to sell the building. And this is where it became a three-bedroom house. And that was 96 in the 97. Over the, since 96 to 97, there was three owners. We are number three as a committee. We are a nonprofit organization. The last owner abandoned the place. We have no idea why. There could be multiple reasons. I've heard some rumors. They just abandoned everything in the house. Everything was in here. Furniture, you get it. I still find plates. I found plates that are night on top of the cabinets, actually. Which is weird, because you think if it's like a financial thing, you're still going to take your stuff. Nope, they abandoned everything. They had a shed out back here, too, and everything. So that was back in 2013. Um, and for a couple of years, it went up to the county for sale. Nobody bought it. Um, the community in the area, several of the members, generation members, and I'm talking one, she actually is still part of our committee. She's 85 years old. She lives across the street. She was born in that house. They came together and said, we need to save the building, and that's what they did. So they actually raised $10,000 to buy the building at the sale. A gentleman heard what they were doing and said, let me buy it for you. I will donate it to you. And that's what they did. So this gentleman out of Harrisburg, he said, I'll buy it. You just pay for the transfer title, which was four grand. It wasn't much. We did that. They received the title from the gentleman. It became our building. In that process, they became a nonprofit organization in 2015 in the state and in the federal. And we've been raising funds since 2015 to fix the building. Presently, I don't know if you've ever seen old photographs of the building. It was not in very good shape. It was very run down. There was a lot of issues going on outside, trees growing up and all that stuff. And over the years here, um, we've took some trees down due to the fact is the roots have grown into the cellar. And that's not a good thing for structural issues. So the pine tree out front, which was on the right-hand side of the building, was 70 feet. It was fun taken down, by the way. Um, they took down that in 2019. The tree on the right-hand side was also taken down in 2020. Um, so we've been remodeling the building slowly but surely. There's not many of us who understand that for a small committee. In that process, we've been also making awareness of the history of the village due to the fact is, if you haven't noticed, the traffic is very um, gross here, as I like to say. It's, it's nasty. I ain't gonna deny it. The issue is that I'm trying to make more awareness to people about the village is because I fear maybe 20 years, 30 years from now, we might not be here. And it's because this is a state road. And a lot of times they need to widen the road and there is no space to widen. And so I've uh, been fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, I started four years ago on a building down the street. It's a blue building now. We used to call it the AK Yellow Bar. It was a tavern since 1840. It was a bar all its life. Also a post office, a store. Um, it was in bad shape. And I started fighting with the township for the last four years. Finally, I got somewhere with them and now it's getting
Yeah, so the church was built to give the people of Hogestown a closer place to worship. It became a school for farmers while still being a church. And then in 1997, the church was sold and converted into a private home. The owner of the house in 2013 abandoned the property, including the shed and back. In 2014, a group of Hogestown residents organized as the Hogestown Redevelopment Committee, became a 501c3 nonprofit, and changed their name to Hogestown Heritage Committee. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. Did you know that 80% of the support for History Ghost Bump comes from our executive producers? These are listeners who support the show on a monthly basis. Now, there are some of you who don't want to make that kind of a monthly commitment to us, and that's okay. We love one-time donations as well. If you want to show us a little appreciation for what we've produced for you here, you can either head over to the website at historyghostbump.com, and on the right-hand column when you go down a little ways, there's a button there so you can make a one-time donation. Or you can go to paypal.me forward slash historyghostbump. When you make a one-time donation of $5 or more, we'll send you a folder of bonus episodes. And a special thank you to you executive producers. Some of you have been supporting the show for many years now, and we greatly appreciate it. That makes Mort's heart go pitter-pat. Thank you. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. So Sarge gets the investigation underway. What I do, I, when, I'm, when we first get here, I go in by myself. I introduce us. They already know us, but I go in anyhow. Yeah. All the time, just in case there's any new people that might pop up. And uh, I do it live. I do my walkthroughs live. Uh, most of the night, I'll probably be live on our Facebook page. So um, you guys can watch. When you go inside, um, your cell phones need to be on airplane mode because they will interfere with... Um, the REM pods when you put them on there. Um, the noise factor tonight, as you can see, the, the highways are loud. Yeah. They calm down around 11 or 12. This place, in the beginning, gets crazy up until around 11 o'clock, starts slowing down. Then 12 o'clock, it starts picking back up for some reason, and it goes who knows how long. So we'll gauge it, and I know you guys are leaving in the morning again. All right, so we'll try to get you out of here by 5 or 6, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and we have our camera system set up, as you can see. Um, it's a small area, so we usually have one out front, but we lost a tripod somewhere. I don't know, probably in creative blues up somewhere, so i got to get another tripod. Um, we had a camera set up last week, but it was a little bit of, or week before last, or two weeks, three weeks ago, but it was a little bit overkill, so we just decided to go with 6. Um, I know my camera, so when we're in there, we know they're in succession. That way, when I go back to do evidence review, I know all our cameras are, are on that. Right? That we don't have number one and number eight. It's one, two, three in succession. So we'll do a spirit box session. We'll do the Estes method a few times tonight. 
The basement is a hot spot. There one room where you seen the the uh, the um, the REM pod video. Yeah. That's a hot spot all the time. Um, our REM pods are already going crazy. That's the first time that happened here uh, with us. I can understand maybe one REM pod, but two REM pods and the fresh batteries. I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight. We'll do spare box sessions. We'll probably do uh, alone time. You know, whoever wants to go in by themselves, whatever room you want to go into, you go in and sit. Uh, we do live EVP sessions the whole nine yards. So um, I go in. After I go in, we're going to set bait downstairs in the basement. He'll uh, launch things off, and then uh, I'll rotate yeah, everybody through. The teams will be, um, well, you'll be by yourself first, all right? We'll do that for about 20, 30 minutes. I want to send somebody down with a camera, but I'll let you know That's down. actually not a bad idea. Scott, you want to go down to the basement with him first? Yeah. Do you mind holding the camera? No, no, no. you guys you... open the basement door up yeah. first? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Do you mind me? I, I'm going down there with the benches. Yeah. I, 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 Getting into the basement can be tricky. Yeah. I, got, I, got, I got chem lights marked <laughs> for your safety, so if you see a chem light, that usually means something's in the area. You know, don't bump into it, just be aware. Chem lights are the, the green lights that are okay. burnt and should, should go. Uh, you two will be on the team. You won't be with me tonight. Alright, and uh, I guess monitor watching. If you want to help us watch monitor, monitor Jessica or whatever you want to do. Wherever you want, whatever you want to do. Alright, and then um, we'll send JR Scott in first, then we'll send uh, Diane and Kelly in, and then Jared, uh, Jared, right? Jared and I will go in next after that. Okay. And then we'll just rotate and we'll do, you know, our SS methods, and maybe we'll do a group session at the end of the night, and then we'll call it out. Okay. While Sarge was doing the initial walkthrough that Kelly had explained to you guys earlier, we asked Ghost Bay, who's also known as JR, about the entity in the basement. The basement has a dirt floor. And Kelly, you and I sometimes wonder if these places that are built down under the earth with the earth still there, do they possibly harbor more energy than other places? Because everybody's always so creeped out when you're down in a basement. And if the basement has a dirt floor, it's even more creepy. It just seems to make it more intense. And I remember there was that Kindred Spirits we were watching and there was that cellar or basement that was underneath that antique store or whatever. And they thought there might have been a body that had been buried under there. They even let the police start investigating because they had a dog that hit on it or something. So it just anytime you have that going on, it's creepy. So here's Ghostbait talking about the basement. So what do you think is down in the basement? I think it's something that doesn't want us in here at all. I don't think it's... It's not evil. It hasn't ever done anything to me or anyone else in there. Outside of, I'm pretty sure something in the basement's following me. I would imagine there's at least two down there. Zach, I believe, is the nicer of the two. I think that's who's following me because it doesn't want to be around the other. Okay. It's kind of tough for me because I I won't say I don't believe in mediums, but I don't. There's a lot of room for doubt. Let's put it that way. I feel the same but way. the one we have makes call after call after call and is spot on. She's the only one who's ever made me a believer. I'm looking forward to going down there because she says this, this entity never leaves the basement. I believe it's the entity that oppresses all the others in here. We have one that runs the entire church by the name of Maud. She was a caretaker in the church. 
It seems like there is a battle between those two going on because when I was talking to Zach in the basement in the video that you saw, mm -hmm. the response I got was leave us because there was three entities trying to come through. Gotcha. One Zach that I was talking to, I got the voice of the child downstairs. Uh, when I asked how old were you when you died, I got six. I asked, are you ready to go home? I get a real groggy sounding voice. Yes. There's there's multiple down there, and I think that he's kind of got them trapped. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there tonight and let him have it because I'm just I'm sick of it. So you guys think Mon is here just because she loved the building? I so think Mon is here because she loved the building so much, and now I believe she is the caretaker of the entities that reside. I think she's the one that's fighting for good. Very often we'll sit there in the in the great room, and you just get the smell of like a lilac perfume. If you think of you think of a really old lady perfume, yeah. and it's just too much of it on, mm -hmm. it'll just walk by. You'll feel a nice cool breeze. Whatever. Absolutely, and I believe that whatever it is has control of that. And about that time, yeah. right, about that time is, is when you'll get Maud to come over to the spirit box. And she'll start to talk. She's not always audible. Uh, it's like you, you'll hear the same female voice over and over again. Sometimes it's just unintelligible. You can't tell what she's saying. Other times she's crystal clear. I have been known to open myself up in this building. I had a bad experience. It followed me for more than a week. It affected me in such a way that uh, I was I was mean to people. I just I felt charged up all the time. The second time I came in here and opened myself up, I went through a month of a manic episode. My wife was ready to leave. Uh, she said it was like having two personalities. Mm -hmm. I have no history of mental illness. I do have PTSD from my service in the military, but outside of that, that's it. Yeah. I'm usually calm, cool, and collected, but there's something about that basement that charges me up. Something down there doesn't want us here, and it doesn't want us talking to the other entities that reside. It's almost like there's a big secret that they're trying to keep. Mm -hmm. My goal tonight, get him out of that basement get him out of there by any means necessary if it means that i've got to provoke him till he follows me let's do it and then i'll cleanse myself and hopefully heal after the fact so the audio went out in a few places there and i have no idea why because we didn't move i mean i was standing right in the same place with him and there are portions of it where it sounds like he fades away like he walked away or something yeah it was strange he was still there. So I don't know why we had the audio kind of click out there. But Ghostbait was talking about how when Maud is around, they get this distinct old lady perfume and a cool breeze, usually in the hallway where the rooms are located. They believe she is a source for good and protection in the building. And listening to him, one really has to be careful about opening themselves up to entities. The two times he's done it has led him to being mean to people. His personality changed as though he'd had some kind of an attachment. But he doesn't think that whatever's down there is something that's like a non-human evil entity. I think most people think that it's that Charles 
guy who had been drinking at a bar and died outside of the church. Since he, you know, was a drunk in life, they're thinking he still might be kind of that way in death. And so he's just got a mean personality. So Kelly, you and I go inside to do our session and we started off with the dousing rods, which is what we usually do. And then we did an Estes Method spirit box session. First little bit we're going to play for you here is Kelly doing her dousing session. We've got this device right here that you can speak into. We have this ball, which is a lot of fun. I'm sure you've seen it. We've played with it, I'm sure. And then we have the EMF right here. So I'm just going to come over here and stand up. And are you planning on doing the Estes while we're in here? I could do that. Is there anyone in here with us? I'm crossing for a yes, question wait for no. Thank you. Can you straighten it back out, please? Point him towards me. Yeah, point him over towards Diane. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you chatting with us. Can you make them more parallel, straight together? Awesome. There you go. You are fantastic. So is Zach here with us right now? Thank you, Zach. That was a yes. I appreciate that. Can you point them straight over at her again? Straight away, over at Diane? Can you point them towards me? Appreciate that. Would you like it if we rolled that ball in the hallway and played with you? You can say no if you don't want to. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Can you point them straight away again? Point them towards me, please. Yeah. Or you don't have to if you don't want to. Is it okay for us to talk to you? who don't like girls. They're always messing stuff up. It's just, uh, going away. Can you please point us to where you are in the room? Can you show us where you are? You can. Thank you. Where are you at? Can you take both the rods and point them where you're at? We'd appreciate it. Please. So why don't you want us to play with the ball? Did they both point the same way? I can't see from over here. They're crossed. They're crossed, okay. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't want to tell us where it is. Okay. Well, we don't mean any disrespect. We just like coming and, and learning about the people that are here, the spirits that are here. Did you want to do an Estes? 
Well, let's ask a couple more questions really yeah. quick. We heard that you are under the age of 10. Is that true? Pretty forceful, yes. Okay. All right, thank you. Can you push them out straight so we can ask more questions? Awesome. Can you point them towards me, please? Can you point them both towards me? Yeah, yeah. Is that where you're at? Are you standing over there by the door? Yes. Okay. Thank you. You can come into the room further if you want to. We promise we don't bite. <laughs> Much. You're silly. <laughs> Alright, what else were you going to ask? Are you over the age of five? Are you over five? Are you older than five years old? No. Is this Zach? Can you point them both towards me, please? Can you point them straight over there? Towards me? Thank you. Can we ask one more time, please, just so that we know for certain? Are you younger than five years old? No, I'm saying no. But you asked older. I asked older than five. Yeah. Do we have more than one spirit here? Yes. Yeah, one, two, yes, okay. quick, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for answering. We appreciate it. This was kind of a weird thing that was in that audio. I want to play for you guys again. I don't know if you caught it listening to the session there, but it sort of sounded like an EVP under Kelly talking. It could be an audio artifact, too. It's just it didn't appear with any other time when you were talking. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys here. Is this Zach? Is this Zach? Is this Zach? Yeah, we're not certain what that is. To me, it sounds like a male voice speaking. Definitely a mature male voice, not a kid or anything like that. But who knows? Yeah, I definitely do not think that that was Zach talking to us. It did sound kind of like a male voice to me. Again, maybe an audio artifact. It definitely wasn't me. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Now I'm going to go ahead and play my Estes Method session that I did with Spirit Box. So we're going to get started here. Now, Diane is able to hear you. Spit. You want to spit? Please don't spit. I won't be cool. We're lost. lost. You're lost? No, there's a... Was, was that you that just turned it on? That turned on the flashlight? If it was, can you please turn it off right now? Can you please turn the flashlight off? And if that was you, can you please turn it on again? No. Play. You want to play with it? You can play with it. That'd be great. We yes. appreciate it. Break. So can we play with the ball? Me. Can we roll That the ball me was it? a female. Okay. Is Maude here? 
you know, there's a lot that either worked here, I'm not sure of the entire story. I know that sometimes people smell your lovely perfume. You want to speak with us tonight, Ma? You asked. Funny. <laughs> So how many spirits do we have with us right now? We have two. Not ask them. What do you want to be asked? Or what do you want us to ask? Cool. That's cool, huh? Bait. So when was your birthday? It might have been ghost bait. Oh. Was it ghost bait? So you were asking ghost bait something? You didn't really hear what was being said. You want to say it again? Why don't you go ahead and say it again? Let's hear it. If Zach is here, can you please play with the ball so we know that you're hanging out with us? Go. We're not going anywhere. We're being respectful, but we're hanging out. We want to learn more about you. Who's telling us to go? Or were you telling us to go? Her. Her being me? Or the one sitting down there? Or was it Maud? Was that you, Maud? So? Yes. That was Maud? It's a tie. It's a tie. You be a resident. I'm not a resident, no. No one. You traveled up from Florida. Can we just turn on the light? Can you do it again, please? That. Who was that? Can you share a name? Lick. Can you share a name yep. with us? Somebody just messed with the rum pot over there? Hi. Hi. Is this Zach? Crap. <laughs> Zach. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I sure like hanging out with kids' spirits. Singing? You singing? I'm not going to be singing. You do not want to hear me sing. <laughs> Partner? You want to hear her sing? Angel? Is Angel a name? Four. Are there four people with us? Four Seven. That seems like an option. Cheap? Yeah. Cheaper. Why don't you tell Jane something you want us to know about you? It could be anything. There was seven again. Okay. 
So there's seven of you? Or are you seven years old? Two. So you're, there's two people? Many. And you're seven years old? <laughs> but Six years. Six years. Okay. Did you live around here? Just down the street, perhaps? Howdy. Hi. Howdy sounds like something. Matt? Sounds like Student. Something. Oh, wow. So student is her last name. That's pretty interesting. You're pretty smart, because I don't know if anybody's actually said that. Maybe Sarge did. Did Sarge say her name? Hidden. Is it hidden? She might have it in her backpack. You all. 20. So what I want to know is if somebody will turn on this flashlight. Or I just felt it. Or move the EMF light up. I know you get asked to prove yourself all the time. But we haven't been in here before. So we want to learn something about you. We want to know that you're here with us. Her hair is really spiky. A lot of people like touch, or a lot of spirits like touching her Why? Hair. Why is it spiky? That's how she styles it. It feels really funny. She's had her hair played with many times. I have too, actually. She can't hear me. Why don't you touch her hair and see what happens? See how it feels? Good riddance. Good riddance to who? He came up. He came up with, did he come up with ghost bait? Sure. Sure. Wow. So, who's he? Did the spirit come up with those things? Hearing. Zach, are you still here? For Jeep. Or something else, but I'm not feeling super hot. Okay. I'm gonna go out for a little bit. Okay. Get some air. Where did you have a flashlight? Yeah, it's right here. It did come on, but I think I'm gonna not. Uh, Done it, right? Yeah. Did it too far? Okay. Kelly, these Estes method sessions always amaze me because I can't hear anything that you're saying, and it always strikes me how accurate a lot of the answers are. I don't usually talk over you. It was pretty cool that you asked if it was Zach, and I said Zach shortly thereafter. Sounds like he was telling us that he's six years old, because you were asking about his age, and we were getting a lot of numbers, but when it came to that, he was like six years. Yes. And pretty chilling towards the end there, I say good riddance, and he came up. So it's almost like earlier we thought maybe Maud was there. Right. And didn't you say go and it was in a female voice? Yes, it was a female saying go. So mm -hmm. I got the feeling that Maude was there telling him to go. And then you t I said singing. And we found out later we had no idea. But Maude likes it when people sing, especially right. hymns. <laughs> 
that could have been her asking us to sing or she wanted to sing or something. But then it's like early on she said go and then finally whatever this entity is that was in the that's in the basement must have come up. She says good riddance because he decides to leave and then says he came up and sure when we're like oh did whatever's down in the basement come up sure. Yep. Then Kelly right there at the tail end people hear you say to me that you were starting not to feel well and you mentioned fumes which at the time I didn't register what you were saying. I just knew that you tapped me out and said, <laughs> I need to get out of here. And I'm thinking that you don't feel good, like you're feeling nauseous or something. And so I'm like, okay, we can go ahead and get out of here. So we just packed everything up. And then you told Jared and I back at the hotel that the fumes had really gotten to you. And that was when I finally was like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Right. I was getting, and I know that they had been renovating and doing some work. They were laying new flooring. They were painting and everything. I could smell fumes, like really strong chemical fumes from the moment I walked in there. And it just kept getting more and more intense. And when we were in that room investigating, it was just, it was getting to me. My head was starting to hurt. I was starting to feel nauseous. I was just getting, you know, kind of dizzy and so forth. I just thought it was chemicals until you guys told me that you didn't smell anything and you have the nose of a bloodhound. I do. I mean, so. unfortunately, I have a hyper sense of smell. So if something is really stinky, it's like, holy cow, I can smell it from a mile away. Like if there's something dead, I could be a bloodhound and tell you there's something dead in the vicinity. <laughs> right. I can't see it, but I could smell it. It's part of the reason why I never went into criminology because I was really worried. I'm like, if I walk into a scene that's two weeks old, I don't think I can do it because my sense of smell is just that heightened. And I was like, no. And Jared's like, I didn't smell any fumes. The most we thought we might have smelled was, you know, kind of that fresh wood smell because they'd lay down the floor before we'd gotten there. Right. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if I think about it right now in my head, I can smell it again. I mean, if I ever smell that exact chemical fume smell. <laughs> was it like was it like a gasoline fumes? Was it like paint fumes? Okay, so cleaning fluid. Remember when we investigated the North Carolina, the smell of like the oil yes. and gasoline yeah, yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. it was really intense there. Uh-huh. It was similar to that. Wow. It was really intense. It just makes you wonder what what that was. I don't know if something didn't want me there. Yeah. And so it was just making me smell it. I I, I have no idea because even like three days later on our trip, I was just, I should say, tripping out. I, I just could not get over the fact that you guys didn't smell really anything. Because it was so intense to you that it you're like, so how intense. is everybody in there not going, wow, these fumes in here are too much. And nobody else said anything about fumes or anything. And Ghostbait and Jared were both in that room where we did all of our sessions right. for long periods of time, too. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. And I was sitting on the floor. So, I mean, I was like at floor level where you were sitting up on a, I think it was a the pew bench. in there or something. Oh, yeah, it was a pew. Yeah, I don't know. And I know at the time I'd asked you when we were at the hotel, was it like alcohol? Because I thought maybe since Charles was supposed to be an alcoholic, maybe you were just right. smelling alcohol. No. And you were like, no, it wasn't that. And I'm like, okay. I don't know. It was just mysterious. But yeah, it was just a strong chemical smell. You were like, I have to get out of there. And then we went in a little bit later, but we weren't in there for very long after that either. Throughout the evening, the REM pods went off and the paralytes went off, many times on command. Sarge and Jared did a long session in the church after we left. I'm going to play a little bit of audio from that. About you, Zach? Is it you? Come on. 
Send one of these devices off for me. Let me know you're here with me. Is there anybody here with us? Yeah, there it goes. Candle. The little candles. Stop it. Who's here with me? Go say hi to Jared. Touch the back of his neck for me. Or just poke him. Welcome him all the way from Florida to Pennsylvania. Come on, you had those lights going. Let me, let me see some more action. Put that light up a little bit further than you did the last time. Can you do that for me real quick? Let me know you're still here with us. He said one of these devices off for me right here. Touch one of them. The little antennas that's sticking up. Touch them. It's not going to hurt you. Here. You had it going off earlier. What about this one? Like you did before. Remember how you zoomed out from nowhere, came down and knocked that thing over? You think you can do that again tonight? What if we told you this is going to be our last time in here? What would you do then? What would you say then? Would you be mad? You didn't see us anymore? How about you downstairs, huh? You wanna come play? See you and Scott and rest with Scott Ghostbait earlier. What's going up here? Huh? What's going upstairs?
The best evidence this evening came during this part of Sarge and Jared's session with the REM pod and EMF detector. he's asking for all the lights to go off. The REM pod only has two of them going off, but the EMF is going all the way to red. Move everything out of it to make sure that nothing's interfering with it. Okay, stop. Thank you. All right, now, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask, says thirst. Yeah, I'm a little thirsty. That's why I'm drinking a Coke. All right, you see the detector to my right with the blinking lights. Okay, great. Thank you. Now stop, please. Good. Thank you. Now, green means yes, yellow and red mean no. Can you make it go all the way to red for me? Can you make it go all the way to red? You're getting there. Okay, yes. I know you understood. Now make it go to red. Alright, stop. Can you stop for me, please? Thank you. Trying to debunk this scenario here. I'm not sure what's going on. Alright, stop. Hit it again. Very good, thank you. Oh, there you go, you got it to red. Good job. Alright, can you stop for me? So I'm going to ask you a question. Green means yes, yellow and red mean no. Okay, do you understand? No. Okay. What is it? Yes or no? Only, only go to green for yes. Yellow for no. Okay. Green. Thank you. Whatever is in here is just crazy. Now listen.
So this was just amazing to watch that you have the REM pod go off and then the EMF detector go off. And they were both going off at the same time. But then when he was directing them to jump back and forth, they were pretty much cooperating with what he was asking them to do. Right. You hear him trying to debunk it, thinking maybe it's because he's so close to him. He walks away. He walks to another side of the room and they're still just doing what they were doing. So he's like, it's nothing that I'm doing to it. And so I, I thought that was really interesting to see that there was that kind of uh, an interaction going on there. So Sarge and Ghostbait do an us-test session in different rooms. Sarge got the name Maud and told Ghostbait, I'm behind you. Ghostbait said he could feel it because his arms felt cold. And I'm not playing the audio from this because, unfortunately, because they were in different rooms, it's really hard to hear the recording What I'm going to do is post a link in the show notes so that if you guys want to watch, it's almost a two-hour video over at the Ghost Ops Paranormal Facebook page. And then you can see all of this stuff and hear all of the stuff that we're talking about as it's happening. At one point, the box asked, Who are they? Was this in reference to Diane and Jared and I? Yeah, I was wondering because it's like, who are they? (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, Sarge and his group are always in there, so they know them. You're not from around here, are you? I know. Those are the same ones (laughs) who had an issue with the French fries on their salad. (laughs) They got student during this, and Sarge told us later that they got it three times, and all with the same male voice. I'm going to go ahead and play a little piece from the Estes session that they're doing here. So the interesting part here is that Ghostbait literally has his hands in his pocket. As Sarge is saying that from another room where he cannot see him. So for those of you who couldn't hear the beginning part there, Sarge says, stupid man, which we believe is in reference to Ghostbait, hands in his pockets. And when you look on the video, you see Ghostbait like look up at the camera and he starts going, do you guys see where my hands are? Do you see where my hands are? Because right. his hands are in his pocket. Like I said, they're in totally different rooms. They cannot see each other. Exactly. So Sarge is the one who's got the headphones on and the spirit box and everything. And he's got his head down. He does like I do. He doesn't put the blindfolds on, but he you know closes his eyes or whatever. So he can't see anything. I think it's interesting that they do do it in different rooms. I know on Kindred Spirits that they tend to do it in different rooms as well, too. And the other thing that they'll sometimes do is say you know, what color's my hat or something like that to see if they can get a response, which is something I would like us to maybe experiment with too, to see if they're going to respond to actual questions like that too. Then we all came in for a session and the voices that were coming over the speaker were from the GhostTube Vox app. 
And this gets some weird voices that come across it, Kelly. (laughs) Yes, it does. You and I actually downloaded it and put it on our phones. And maybe we'll try it at one of our future investigations. They both feel that it is uh, pretty accurate. And what it does is it goes out onto the internet and grabs audio. It's not like a radio station going backward and forward like a regular spirit box. It's grabbing audio off of the internet. So I don't know. All of these things, we're we're always skeptical when it comes to stuff, but there were a couple times that it said things over the speaker that were like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, we're open-minded skeptics. That's just how we are. Yep. (laughs) And by this time, it was a little after midnight, and we needed to be up and on the road by 7 a.m. So we did call it a night. Hoaxtown is an interesting area, and we hope that it can someday be protected as a historic district. We're sure the ghosts at the church feel the same way, if there are ghosts. Is the Hoagstown Church haunted? That is for you to decide. Well, we had a great time. I have known Big Sarge for, he says, 18 years, and we had never met in person before. So it was a really neat opportunity to get to actually see each other in person and hug and all that good stuff. And I don't know, there's some interesting evidence that we definitely got in this church. Why it's haunted? I don't know. Clearly, Maude loved the place and wants to make sure that it's taken care of. And it will be nice if they're able to kind of get it back to the way that it might have looked when it was a church. Because when you walk into it, you would never know that this was a church. Yeah, it definitely looks like a single family home right now. Yeah, it definitely does. It's got all the appliances and stuff set up in the kitchen and everything and all the different rooms. But it's a a cute little area and um, it wasn't too far away from Gettysburg. So it was a nice little stop along the way. Yeah, it was a great time. We'd love to have you guys stop at our website, historyghostbump.com. And if you'd like to send us some feedback, you can do that at historyghostbump at gmail.com. Want to remind you guys that we do have the Flash Fiction Contest going on. The deadline is midnight, September 9th of 2022. We're limit is 1,000. If you go over a tad, that's fine. Creepy or scary, low R rating. You guys know the drill at this point. We'll have three winners and we'll read some of the runner-ups as well. So get that in. We already have, I think, five entries now. So Awesome. Yeah, very cool. And then it's also that time of the year where we're getting ready to have our virtual trick-or-treat. Wes has announced that starting September 1st, he'll be putting together everything for that. So if you want to be a part of that, you got to join up with the Spectacular crew and you'll be guided into how you can become a part of the virtual trick-or-treat. Yeah, it's kind of like a secret Santa for anybody that's new and hasn't heard anything about it previously. Exactly. It's a lot of fun. We want to thank you guys for joining us for this episode. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by our executive producers. Join me in the cemetery by becoming an executive producer. You can join on Patreon or PayPal. Check out the Support the Show tab on the website for more information.
back in April of 1862, one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War took place in Tennessee. Tennessee? Here we go. But helmets would take decades to become commonplace. 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 It's like pom poms. They're now. Can you imagine baseball players on the side of the field with their little pom poms? Oh Lord! Don't hit him in the head. Do, do, do. You're terrible. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.